2: Another artificial
3: intelligence created Christmas song. This one called Peaches Twinkle Leaves. <laughs> so we don't need humans anymore. Artificial intelligence can create our Christmas music.
0: All right, too many bells. This. too many bells in all this music. What is that called? The steel drum? That sounds very much like the, the steel drum.
3: They also have artificial intelligence. We got this text that watched 1,000 hours of Hallmark Christmas movies and wrote a script.
4: <laughs> I know that all bit worked.
3: <laughs> and as I mentioned, I've got 30 pages here on whether or not Die Hard is a Christmas music. 30 pages. Movie,
4: right. A yeah. uh,
3: Christmas movie, yes. Right, yeah. Including the number of times someone's wearing a Christmas hat or Christmas music can be heard in the background etc i know i know people who have wa- who watched die hard on christmas for a beginning christmas movie but all right whatever your thing not mine
1: i'm still waiting for the hallmark movie that doesn't have a happy ending and it
0: you know everybody's sad at the end yes and they just roll the credits a very cohen christmas on the hallmark <laughs> network
4: oh my god how about have quentin tarantino direct one of those movies No, if you've seen the most recent
3: Cone Brothers, they they could do the trick. Oh, okay. That is a downer, man. (laughs) Holy crap. Wow, spoiler. Unfortunately I had my wife the first movie we've watched together in ten years. Oh no. We watched like fifteen minutes of it, and I will there are scenes in there I'll never get out of my mind unless I get tremendous amount of therapy. Uh really. Yeah. I highly don't recommend. sorry to hear that. I'm um, coming up in just a little bit. So James Comey said some amazing stuff the other day in front of a crowd. The video was uh, on every newscast I watched. Now it is nowhere and can't be found. I've got the script and some of the analysis of it. It's pretty interesting, so that's on the way in a little bit. I'm starting to suspect some sort of cover up. I might be a, a wing nut on this, but I'm suspecting uh, a cover up. I'm curious,
4: you're normally not too wing nutty, so if you have the the scent of something foul, I will follow you, yeah um, and
3: uh, more on a whole bunch of other stories that we want to get into worst gadgets of 2018 uh, it's kind of an interesting list some I like of these, th- it so well some of these things were presented and I remember they were supposed to be a big deal and then they just went away and you don't think of them again it's because they failed. And remember when Facebook launched their portal and portal plus yeah sure they're gonna be yeah. and, and a tremendous
4: number of TV ads. Uh, to try to get you hooked on the whole portal and portal plus. Just, yeah, you, you stick it in the corner, it surveils you every moment, constantly watching you. And then, theoretically, you can walk around your house having conversations with people. Practically, nobody
3: bought it and it just went away. <laughs> There's hope. I wonder how much of that is the, uh, the the stench that Facebook now has about it. The growing realization that it's evil? Yeah, that anything you do with Facebook is about them spying on you. That's their main goal. Right. It's not you being able to share your uh, kids' Christmas pictures with grandma. It's about them spying on you and selling the information. And and if confronted with that information, they will lie about it. Um, There's a whole bunch of other stuff on here you've never heard of. I just thought the number one was pretty good. Uh, Kanye West's uh, iPlane for the president. (laughs) was the worst gadget of the year. Oh, come on now. Kanye West's iPlane for Trump. Um, That... Has to be that has to rank as one of the oddest events of the year, doesn't it? If you're gonna if you're gonna go back and look at a long list of things that happened this year. Kanye Kanye lecturing the president on about nineteen different
0: topics for a half an hour.
1: That was quite something.
0: It's one of the oddest
4: events of my lifetime. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a shame. And that's one of the, the problems Excellent with the modern point. age in which the, the the news is just it washes over us in flood after flood after flood. And the news cycle is so frantic and 24 hours long is we don't get a chance to savor something like that. Yeah, that should have been like a monumental national event that we're still discussing. Still making references to and jokes about. I forgot it happened. I probably watched it six times just focusing on Jim Brown's
0: reaction in the background. Because he was also at that table, but he didn't talk much. He was just kind of getting the front row seat.
3: (laughs) What do you do with this? That's hilarious. Wow. 115 years ago today, what happened? Orville and Wilbur Wright made the first successful flight. 115 years ago today, 1903. Great Scott. They flew for 12 seconds. And, and now we're, we're putting objects on Mars well, and as, soon humans? As I always point out, the distance between 1903 and 1969 is only 66 years, which is amazing. So the first time people ever got off the ground to landing humans on the moon and returning them safely is only 66 years apart. That is mind-blowing. It really really is. The 20th century was a heck of a century. Yeah, and the 21st century is just a disappointment. It's uh,
4: Facebook, great. <laughs> we, we've invented giant companies that are able to spy on us all the time and exploit us and lie about it. Which brings That's that great technological development. Which brings me to this. This this uh piece
3: in the New York Times, it's what we pretentious people call articles, pieces for some reason. Uh professor of philosophy at Clemson University with a, they actually got, they actually printed this in the New York Times. Would human extin- extinction be a tragedy? With the argument that the planet would be better off without us and how yeah. maybe as we move toward extinction, wouldn't it be awesome? How do you possibly have that worldview that I know a lot of people have that if there are just no humans, everything would be great?
4: <laughs> I can't wrap my head around that, actually. I'm telling you, self hatred. Whether as a homo sapien, as a male, as a white person, as a whatever. It gives you so much social currency among the enlightened class. It's And it's so pathetic now. It's so people wear it on their sleeve, just begging, begging for credit for the, from their peers. It's, just, it's disgusting to Yeah, me. you can start. Okay, so you're a human. You hate humans. Oh, you must be super enlightened. All right. Yeah, you can start
3: with wouldn't the world be better without white males than it. Wouldn't the world be better without white people? Wouldn't sure. the world be better without America? Without the United States, the world would just be a better oh, place. You couldn't clearly. be more wrong about that. I mean, right. that it's wow. Wow. You want a lot of death? Take the United States out of the equation. And then you expand it even further to wouldn't the world be better off without human beings completely? Which is just a weird thing to for a philosophy professor to be teaching kids. I, I heard the argument the other day on the how the world would be better off without the United States, or certainly if the United States were less powerful. Holy cow! Well,
4: buckle up, <laughs> buckle up! You people are fools. It just and and it's so it's trying so hard, but so shallowly. You know, it's some kid who's searching for their identity who you know, starts a spike in their hair and wearing torn clothes and has like a fake piercing on their lip. <laughs> okay, I see what you're doing. Okay, fine. Oh, but that's boy. an adolescent. I get that. I have sympathy toward that. I went through it myself. Is that what I have to look forward to? But the whole reflexive. Oh, it's, it'll go fine. But the whole reflexive. Oh, America's a first for evil. of America weren't... Did you know the United States is the most racist nation on Earth and the world would be at peace if it wasn't... You are... You are such a pathetic, trying-too-hard adolescent without the excuse of adolescence, you people. You make me nuts. So about an hour from now, we're going to talk to our old friend...
3: Um, David Drucker, right? David Drucker of the Washington Examiner about this whole wall-funding shutdown thing, which has had a lot of movement in the last 24 hours. There's now a number. It's not $5 billion. It's one point something billion that it looks like the president might get. And uh, where does that leave us? But I want to have plenty of time coming up next to try to explain what James Comey said and some of the reaction to it. This should bother you. I think it bothered somebody enough that the video is no longer available anywhere, which I find pretty
4: interesting. Time to take the big man down. (laughs) The lanky lawman, as you used to call him. Exactly. Let's kneecap him. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
4: The conscience of the nation.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show. Dashing through the snow In a one-horse open sleigh At some point, someone has to stand up and in the face of fear of Fox News, fear of their base, fear of mean tweets, stand up for the values of this country and not slink away into retirement, but stand up and speak the truth.
3: Yo, man, he is something. He is something, that James Comey. And I think he believes he is the man to save the United States of America and has thought that now for several years and at many points (laughs) has just made things worse. He shouldn't have had that press conference saying we're not going to charge Hillary with anything. That was a terrible idea. Um, He shouldn't have jumped back into it again. He shouldn't. He shouldn't be out there uh, uh, talking about ongoing investigations to sell books. He shouldn't have done what he did yesterday. And he shouldn't be so freaking partisan right now. But he thinks he's the one to save America. Anyway, I'm really into this uh, article in The Hill today about James Comey, written by Jonathan Turley. Do you know who Jonathan Turley is? Law professor, George Washington University. Um, He's on all kinds of different cable shows. He's been on Meet the Press and Face the Nation and all the shows a million times. Just so you know, he's not some sort of right-wing hack lawyer. He was the go-to lawyer for Keith Oberman back on his Countdown show for like 10 years. Because he's seen as a guy who, who, a lot like Alan Dershowitz, who applies the law as he sees it and not, you know, through a partisan lens. And so this is Jonathan Turley writing in The Hill. I probably wouldn't have gotten away with it. Those words this week from former FBI director James Comey could well be chiseled in marble on his epitaph. (laughs) He was explaining another violation of bureau policy during his tenure days after meeting behind closed doors with House members. What was shocking was not that Comey violated protocols or policies again, but the reaction of the audience to this admission. Now, we've been trying to find this video, which I saw over the weekend. You can't find it anymore. Wow. Now, what I think is this was a closed event. Nicole Wallace, who's a Trump hater of uh, MSNBC, was interviewing James Comey in New York. And um, uh, I think it was a closed event. They had a feed that this little section of James Comey saying this stuff was everywhere in the news for like 12 hours. I saw it on all the Fox shows. And now you can't find it anywhere. I think the 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 venue pulled that because it makes James Comey look so bad and makes the event look bad, the crowd cheering him saying what he's about to say. What was shocking was not that Comey violated protocols or policies again, but the reaction of the audience to his admission and describing how he set up a critical meeting with Michael Flynn. Former National Security Advisor to President Trump, Trump, the audience was audibly thrilled by his cleverness in keeping Flynn unrepresented by legal counsel and unaware of the true nature of the meeting. Scheduled to testify to House members again uh, next week. This was written the other day, so this happened uh, this week. Comey may find a less rapturous reception in Congress. And in his interview in New York City, Nicole Wallace asked him, It's hard to imagine two FBI agents ending up in the stateroom. How did that happen? The audience erupted when Comey said dryly, I sent them. I don't know if you've seen this video, but he says, I sent them. And the crowd goes, "Woo! Woo!" cheering like crazy. Mm. Um, and he's got that, aren't I cool, I'm above it all, I, I'm the puppet master look on his face that he always has. Sure. Something we've, I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a, in a more organized investigation, a more organized administration. In the George W. Bush administration or the Obama administration, two men that all of us perhaps have increased appreciation for over the last two years, and both of those administrations, there was a process. So if the FBI wanted to send agents into the White House itself to interview a senior official, you would work through the White House counsel and there would be discussions and approvals and it would be there. I thought, it's early enough, let's just send a couple of guys over. And the crowd cheered once again.
1: Woo!
3: You went around the protocol and rules. Woo! That's fantastic. Back to Jonathan Turley. Just send a couple of guys over. One line could not more aptly capture Comey and his own professed view of ethical leadership. The interview confirmed what some of us have written about Comey for more than two years. The media consistently reinforced his image as a rules-driven and principled public servant, often referring to him as an almost naive Eagle Scout. The Washington Post even ran the headline, Boy Scout James Comey is no match for Donald Trump. Yet the history of Comey shows both an overriding interest in his own actions as well as a willingness to violate rules to achieve that interest. But his comments, including a call to the public to defeat Trump in a landslide in the next election, have stripped away any remaining pretense. The fact is, there often was more pretense than principle in his final years as a director.
4: Well, and if I might jump in, the... The portrayal of Donald Trump firing Comey because you know he wanted to derail the Russian investigation. He was getting too close, et cetera, et cetera. And everything Trump said about Comey, that he was a grandstander and a showboater, he was a liar, he couldn't be trusted, the rest of it. Wouldn't you assume that after it became clear that he'd sent a couple of guys over on ostensibly innocent missions, but they were there hardcore to question Flynn, to you know, to to get the goods and bust some people. Don't you think it's entirely possible, maybe even 100%, that one of the White House lawyers said, wait a minute, you guys sat down and talked? They sent agents over and our people talked to them without counsel? And Trump said, is that not the way it usually happens? And they're like, no, that's wildly out of bounds. Don't you think at that moment, Donald Trump may have developed a little animus for old James Comey? Uh, now,
3: and he goes through the various things that we just talked about, the Hillary Clinton press conference and, uh, you know, a week before the election and this and that and all the different things. And back to um, uh, the interview he did with Nicole Wallace. Now, Comey has again admitted to violating rules and protocols by setting up Flynn. Ironically, Comey criticized Trump for breaking protocols and meeting with him alone and asking about an, an ongoing investigation. He was right in that criticism because there is a formal process for me, for communications between the FBI and the White House. Yet the same protocols go the other way. If the FBI seeks to interview White House officials in an an investigation, they go through the Justice Department, which communicates with White House counsel to arrange the interview. He evaded both in ordering the move. What was Comey's justification? Because he could. He refers to the process of other administrations. That process, however, was still in place and did not change. Moreover, he noted that he thought he could get away with it because this was early in the administration. That is not principle. It is opportunism. He was supposed to work through the Justice Department and not simply follow the rules, only if he might be caught breaking them. Former Acting Attorney General Sally Yates is cited in some recently released FBI material as being irate over his decision to do this. I found that interesting.
4: Wow, yeah, that is.
3: There is reason for the policy of conferring with counsel. It protects not just the individual, but the institution. It prevents rogue or impulsive actions and maintains a clear chain of command with the Justice Department. I think we all understand that. Flynn ultimately bears responsibility for any false statements. As Special Counsel Robert Mueller noted in a court filing, he should have known better. And we should not forget that Flynn ultimately pleaded, pled guilty to lying. However, that does not mean the circumstances of the conduct of FBI officials are irrelevant. Um that 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 is really something. And yeah, I, I'm surprised this is not getting more
4: attention. And you know what really bothers me about some of the modern reporting especially is it's so bitterly partisan. This is as we've said many times this is the era of both are true. You know Donald J Trump and the administration are wildly untraditional and uh, and different. And that's what America wanted and that's what we've gotten. So there're going to be some some odd moments or some you know, controversial things done or, or whatever, and that's fine. Like uh, the Flynn thing we were talking about earlier, uh, or, or you know, uh, comb, uh, maybe somebody within the administration did something they shouldn't have in a way they shouldn't have done. That's fine. Why is the mainstream media not saying? Uh, so it looks like Finn, Flynn was doing some funky lobbying there for Turkey, and that's uncool, and so it looks like he's in trouble for it. Also, boy, the FBI sure behaved unethically. And uh, James Comey uh, is—he is a guy who takes the rules on, uh, puts the rules on, and takes them off like a jacket.
3: Well, the Um, rules apply to everybody. Why can't people talk about both? (laughs) Yeah, the rules. uh, Comey clearly, he he honestly believes. He knows what's right, so it doesn't matter what's legal and what's illegal or what's processed or what not. He knows what's the right thing to do for America. Now, the rules are in place for everybody else that's not as clever as him, right? and they should follow them, but he is in a different situation. And I find that just as disgusting as can be, him sitting there in front of the crowd and saying... I I sent them over. Woohoo! I did it because I could get away with it with these dumb idiots. Yeah. Um, uh, And and, and everybody cheering. That's just just
4: ridiculous for the nation's top lawmen. Well, and it also absolutely stinks of the permanent government class believing to their marrow that the government exists for them. The government exists for the government workers and those who profit for it. It doesn't work for the people. The people work for the government. And you'll keep that in mind on your neck. Knees, weaklings, that's Comey's attitude. It it disgusts me. I don't feel any less about the FBI. I'll never look at the
3: FBI the same way again in my life. And I think that's true for a lot of Americans. But for me, it's not about anything Trump has tweeted or said about the FBI. It's about Peter Strzok and Page and the things they were texting and the various things Comey has done. That's why I have less respect for the FBI and will always be
4: skeptical of them. Not because of anything Trump tweeted. Right, right. And listen, I tell you what, this is just, this is uh, probably not the sort of thing anybody even needs to point out. But if Comey was portraying himself as this even handed sage, this wise man above the partisan conflict, and he was, I mean, to the point of almost making us sick, and then he gets out of office and is so wildly, savagely partisan, I mean, doesn't he not understand how that right. colors everything he's done? Of course. Of course. I mean, he would have to come, he'd have to sit here next to me and make a heck of a case that, though I am that impassioned, I was completely passionless at the time.
3: We've got Marshall's news uh, coming up. Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Yet another article or study about teen depression and screen time. Maybe we'll get to that at some point. We haven't ever talked about that uh, Green Beret that's being charged with murder. That's a rough story, right?
4: Um, yeah, yeah, it really is. I do. Wanna... I, I would. I would love for all of America to be looking at that story and considering it, and right. understanding the backstory of it, understanding the rules of engagement our guys have been uh, suffering under. In my opinion, yeah, it's something. Uh, maybe course, later. You know, uh, t- uh, Tucker Carlson. Speaking of Afghanistan. Uh, Tucker Carlson was making the point the other night that the, what we're talking about spending on the border wall is uh, it's a, like a fraction of what we spend every year in Afghanistan. Oh, not even close, yeah. And, and everybody's acting like it's some sort of horrific, uh, you know, overspending. And nobody even talks about Afghanistan. What's mm-hmm. happening? Why it's happening? Nope. Yep. It's amazing. News now, Marsha Phillips. Well, few, if
2: any, signs of progress being reported as President Trump and Democratic lawmakers continue their standoff over funding the government and avoiding a partial shutdown at midnight on Friday.
4: Go ahead, shut it down, shut it all down, nobody cares.
2: How
3: about we shut it down and then start over and build up
4: the government from scratch? Yes. I like the sound
3: of that.
2: USA Today poll out this morning, though, says a double-digit margin, 54 to 29 percent, say they are
4: against the shutdown. Nobody knows what they're talking about, Marshall. No, no, You're asking a no. bunch of ignoramuses about no. something they know nothing but about. But if
2: they vote,
3: you know, it makes a difference. So. right?
2: Only 25% of the government would be affected as most government agencies and departments have already been funded for the 2019 fiscal year. And they would get their back pay, as uh, always
3: happens, so it would be okay. I can see how it would be inconvenient, but in terms of it being a, a such a wedge to force things to happen, it's it's just not what most people think.
4: Exactly, and ironically, the entire reason for the existence of this controversy and the threatened shutdown is to try to you know whip up the bases of the party and let them know you're fighting for them and the rest of it. Just pass a budget. Just build a wall. Just find a way to not squander our tax dollars, you bunch of liars. We're going to talk to David Drucker about this coming up in about a half hour, because
3: it looks like Trump's probably going to get 1.6 or 1.8, something like that. A uh, billion dollars for, I think, 60 miles of fence. It's a start. <sighs> it's a start.
2: The Dow plunged by 507 points yesterday for the second straight big yeah. run. Yeah. <laughs> Sell. Second straight
4: big... <laughs> No, buy
2: second straight big drop in the last week stocks now at their lowest level in more than a year. Yeah, see I am buying, but see that that's about, that's what happened during the great
3: depression. Yeah. There was a big giant drop and then you know weeks and months went by where everybody thought now's the time to get in because it's exactly. down. And it went down again. Now's when you get in. And then it goes down again and eventually you're just out of money to invest and it's- but if you just were
4: patient and waited 20 years <laughs> and wore a barrel with straps and ate, rats, right, it, it, it ate, <laughs> and ate rats, it all bounced back. You guys know about the cost averaging? you gotta, you got to cost
0: average your way in. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Investors are worried about a number of things, including the Federal Reserve, and uh, they are expected to raise interest rates again this week for the fourth time this year. President Trump concerned about interest rates as well. He was tweeting this morning, "quote I hope the people over at the Fed will read today's Wall Street Journal editorial before they make yet another mistake. Feel the market, don't just go by meaningless numbers." Good luck. The journal editorial argues that financial signals are suggesting a prudent pause in raising rates. Huh? Okay, so so it's not just Trump uh, uh, throwing that out, right? No, it's in the journal. Now, uh, oh, good time now to check with Positive Sean and get Positive
0: Sean's one-word market report. The market is buttressing. (laughs) The market (laughs) is is buttressing. you're a
4: buttress. (laughs)
1: Buttress.
3: (laughs) And what does buttressing mean? Uh, Stabilizing. Okay. Yeah,
4: it's it's gaining its footing once again. Mm. Uh, You know what it's trying to do, Positive Sean? And this is my absolute favorite term for uh, uh, dealing with the financial markets. When the market has been uh, dropping then rising a little bit and then dropping even more, into, what the market's doing is looking for a firm bottom. Mm. Ooh, that sounds like my weekend plan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Oh, oh my. Oh.
2: All right, we've got a new study out from the University of Cologne that says not getting enough sleep can make people more often open to eating junk food. No <laughs> way. Yes. You're kidding. No, no way. <laughs> Study uh, study shows people who slept all night and those who hadn't were just as hungry, but those who pulled an all nighter were much more willing to chow down on junk food.
0: Just see. for me,
2: it's just you're
3: so tired, and junk food just seems to be within arms' right uh, arms' length all the time.
2: It's effortless. Well, I could be, uh, you know, part of the uh, overall picture for this. You know, the reasons for this. Researchers say, though, as far as they're concerned, it appears to be linked. to to increase levels of a certain type of hunger hormone in people without sleep.
4: A hunger sure. hormone. Yes, uh, please. I've been talking about that for decades. As a guy who's chronically sleep deprived, if I don't get enough sleep, I'm ravenous. I just want to eat all day.
3: I've been up since 2.30. Oh, boy. With my, uh, my manic son. and uh,
4: Yeah. That uh, would I, explain I, the giant turkey leg in each hand. Turkey leg. <laughs> I want to eat a pie. I want to eat... Crap.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs>
2: oh. One last note Saturday night live stream. There's fudge creator.
0: in the break room. You want some fudge? There's
4: fudge yeah. in the break room. Are you fudge? Before we get on to that, yeah. you said University of Cologne there in your, your stupid study, right, Marshall? <laughs> uh, yeah. <mushroom>? yeah. <coughs> yes. I'm sorry. I'm on powerful, uh, powerful yes. narcotics. Yes. Yes. I apologize. Yes. That just kind of slipped out. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, since I've had my hip customization and yes. I've been watching a lot more TV than usual. I've become aware, especially during this uh, holiday season, that there are a tremendous number of cologne ads on the on the television, and and you know you got the one of them where Johnny Depp is digging a hole and burying his his chains in the desert, right? And then you got uh, what's her name, the Katniss Aberdeen gal, it was, it was, uh, Jennifer what's her Lawrence. Jennifer yeah. Lawrence, right? Uh, you got her; she's like swimming underwater and got a rose clenched between her teeth, and it appears to be I don't know angels riding pandas off in the distance i can't really tell and then you got some other to the starlet i'm supposed to know consorting with some hot dude with a shaved chest and blah blah. has any of this ever made somebody buy a scent you look at these these lush you know pictorial portrayals of whatever the hell they're portraying and it and people rush out and say oh yeah the one with the the baby pandas riding angels, that's the scent for me as I watch TV. Has that ever worked? I don't know. They, uh, people with uh,
3: uh, millions or billions of dollars at stake seem to think so. Yep. Otherwise,
2: yeah, I, they wouldn't I, be
4: there. I understand why reading words about music would get you to want to listen to the music, because you could describe it. But watching pictures of smells, <laughs> how does that work? Imagery depicting smells.
2: Yeah. Right. Well, it's got to work because we're talking about it. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation, ring the bell.
3: So what do you want the commercial for, uh, for a scent to be? Yeah. This one smells like apples with a little bit of uh, candle wax.
4: Yeah, probably it ought to be something like that. You know, so the intended, uh, you know, r- r- user of the fragrance, is it like a uh, a hip young office gal comes on and says, yeah, it's you know it's kind of mysterious. It's a little spicy and little. Uh, I like it, and you know, everybody compliments me on it. I mean, that would be a good commercial. Wouldn't I'm it? I'm uh I, I like the idea of a smell that is
3: Jennifer Lawrence swimming. I don't like the idea <laughs> of a smell that is Johnny Depp sweaty in the desert.
4: <laughs> right, she
0: own, I suppose. <laughs>
4: <laughs> to each their own exactly wait a minute here's chris hemsworth apparently floating through space into the arms of a femme fatale that's the scent for me chris hemsworth in space what <laughs>
3: uh, um uh, dar what was i gonna say oh yeah depression kids screen time we got that we did come up with the video of james comey maybe we'll play that for you a little bit later he's one
4: smug son of a gun
3: yeah it smells like the smugness of James Comey. Do you have any scent that? Yeah. Want something that smells like smugness. We have more artificial intelligence created uh, Christmas songs, which is just fantastic. And David Drucker on the wall battle coming up at 8.04 on the Armstrong and Getty show.
1: Armstrong and Getty. The conscience
4: of the nation.
1: And Santa Claus has got a toy for every.
2: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
3: If I understand correctly, the great investor Warren Buffett suggested this yesterday with the
0: uh, roiling markets. Uh, technically, he suggested this in his uh, one of his quarter calls from about a month or so okay. ago. But this guy, the, it's now reaching to the people who aren't in those those conference calls. Okay. Advice
3: on how to handle the market.
0: Yeah, so. Um, Am I allowed to bring in my poetry jam band?
3: So because it's poetry, Sean decided he needs some
0: jazz. Mr. Brubeck, hit it! (coughs) (laughs) If you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs. If you can wait and not be tired by waiting. If you can think and not make thoughts your aim. If you can trust yourself when
4: all men doubt you. Yours is the earth and everything that's in it. I don't want everything that's in the earth. Some of it is radioactive. Some of it's burning hot. Uh, magma, don't uh, need it. You don't need magma. Ask Hawaii. Uh, there's a lot to break down in that that poem. That's by really good. Fabulous Kipling, who's now been banned from various college campuses in Britain because he was old timey during the old times. In uh, you know, they'll look back on our times and say, "Boy, you people were stupid." You were sure I know you're sure I in love with <laughs> yourselves.
3: Uh, but I think it's interesting that Buffett put that out in his quarterly newsletter to investors.
4: Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know what my favorite part of that little poem was? And part of it is because it's, it's very subtle. The is, Dave Brubeck? No. It's that, although I did enjoy that very much, um, was the, uh, what was the part about th- think but without thoughts being your goal? If you can think and not make thoughts your aim. Right. Yeah, that is an intriguing notion. Think, but don't just get into this, uh, you know, navel-gazing, you know, womb of comfort thinking. You think to craft action. Right.
3: That's, uh, That's a good
4: I one. Don't, I don't even need to think about that. Speaking of well-crafted phrases, okay, by the way, Positive Sean, you usually help me out with this. Uh, What is the name of the brilliant uh, doctor who we interviewed once about uh, traumatic brain injury in football? Oh, uh, Dr. Benet Amalu. Amalu. I intend to be the Dr. Amalu of the colon. (laughs) It's good to have goals. I'm going to be the Dr. Amalu of the the rectum, if you prefer. (laughs) Um, I am going to speak for the, uh, the rectum. Uh, coming up, I'm gonna bring I'm gonna mainstream the lower end of the digestive tract. Does anybody want that? Everybody <laughs> needs it. I don't care if they want it, I'm gonna give it to them. I gotta right. think this is a niche audience. That's
3: <laughs> maybe for a podcast. Or you're,
4: something. <laughs> you're making my point for me. <laughs> That's how bitterly this is needed. Okay, now speaking of beautifully crafted phrases, uh, I Joe Getty am a huge fan of H.L. Mencken journalist of the, uh, the first half, primarily, of the 20th century, um, who was a great political commentator, great reporter, great thinker, great writer, and an absolutely beautiful crafter of phrases. Um, and uh, I, I read this uh, recently. Uh, John Podhoritz of the Weekly Standard was responding to uh, Representative Stephen King, who is a, a big Trump guy who was celebrating the demise of the Weekly Standard which is a kind of mainstream, dyed-in-the-wool conservative publication.
3: Yeah, seen as neocon by, uh, I see... um... Curly-headed presidential candidate, libertarian, got attacked for Rand his Paul. lawn. Rand
4: Paul, sure, <laughs> I saw, right? I saw Rand for his, for his shoddy lawn care.
3: I saw Rand Paul talking about uh, his his happiness that the Weekly Standard has gone the direction it did because hmm. it, it was it was pretty big on the Iraq invasion and that sort of stuff.
4: Right, right. I enjoyed it, even if I disagreed with it. I but really I like agree. Steve Hayes, the guy at the top. So love Steve Hayes, but anyway. So uh, King is uh, trumpeting that he's glad it's dead. And uh, John Putt-Horitz, Weekly Standard contributing editor, one of the magazine's co-founders, unleashed the following. And I quote, The problem with this tweet is that you are a foul, disgusting liar and a stain on American public life. Yes. Oh, he's just getting warmed up. (laughs) The stench of your deceit and your views pollutes your district, your state, your party, and the United States. Wow. Now that, young people especially... You're an effin' effer. You're a mother effer. A Eff few you, you effer. No. <laughs> this is an insult. You are a foul, disgusting liar and a stain on American life. The stench of your deceit and your views pollutes your district, your state, your party, and the United States. That's an insult. Oh, I love it, and it is. Uh, it is definitely worthy of mentioning in the same breath with. Uh, my all-time favorite, Senator John Randolph of Virginia, commenting on fellow lawmaker Edward Livingston, he is a man of splendid abilities, but utterly corrupt. He shines and stinks like a rotten mackerel by moonlight. Mm. Ooh. Now that's a phrase.
3: That's to be avoided.
4: <laughs> Nobody's going to sell that fragrance, even if Johnny Depp... Jennifer, what Gar? What's her name? Lawrence. Warner, whatever. Jennifer Lawrence and 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 Matthew McConaughey are all in the commercial. Nobody wants shining mackerel.
3: It's an interesting question as to what extent the um, publication Weekly Standard went under. Uh, a lot of people are saying it's because they were never Trump from the outset and stayed that way even through his presidency to a great extent. Um, and, and that, that killed them. You know, a lot of publications have died off (laughs) in the internet age, so you don't need a particular reason other than people just don't, you know, subscribe to publications the way they used to. You're not making enough money. Yeah. You're not making enough money is a reason, but they were, they were never Trump all through and through and, um, they're no longer around. Now they're
4: gone. Now they're gone. I'll be curious to see what uh, Steve Hayes does because he's a brilliant guy. Uh, Speaking of uh, taking a look at the world international relations, that uh, whole thing, uh, this is worth mentioning just because the, the, the great declarations by the mainstream media are usually half correct at best. And the announcement of the China century, how much attention did that get? Ooh, a lot. A lot. And now it soon will be eclipsed on the American dominance of blah. Listen, China has serious, serious problems. China's consumers and businesses are losing confidence at a, at a rapid rate of speed. Car sales have plunged. The housing market is stumbling. Some some factories are letting workers off for the big Lunar New Year holiday two months early. China's economy is slowing sharply in recent months, presenting perhaps the biggest challenge for its top leader, Xi Jinping, in his six years of rule. The whole Xi is a lifetime leader, rock-solid China-century thing. Forget it. It's wobbly as can be. Well, I'd like to think that oppressive regimes just don't last, period. Well, yeah, I'd like to think that, too, but... Um, I will tell you this China is the focus Economically, politically Cyber warfare wise Just in so many ways Keep your eyes on China, China. Keep an eye on the southern border And the shutdown conversation
3: And whether or not Trump's going to get money for building the wall We're going to talk to David Drucker About the ins and outs of that Trump might get some of the money but not all of it Is that going to sit well with either side? Stay tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show
4: information.